0: Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Bobby Seals, Communications Executive at the CII. In this episode, I'll be talking to Peter Blanc and Kevin Hancock. This episode of the podcast, we're talking about how brokers can better engage with underwriters to turn the tide on the hard market. We are joined by Peter Blanc, Deputy President of the Chartered Insurance Institute, and Kevin Hancock, Chair of the Society of Insurance Broking. To find out more about this podcast and for useful links, go to thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And here's our conversation with Peter and Kevin. Hello, Peter. And hello, Kevin. Thank you very much for joining us on CII Radio.
1: Hi, Bobby. Hi there.
0: Very pleased to have you both here. So, Peter, if I can come to you first, the effects of the hard market on the insurance sector are well publicised and often discussed. What do we mean by the term hard market, and what impact does it have on clients? Perhaps for the generation of younger insurance professionals that are seeing this for the first time.
1: Okay. In simple terms, the hard market is basically a period when insurance companies are trying to either reduce their exposure to certain risks or increase the premium that they receive for covering those risks. So, in the most implicit way of thinking about it is that a a hard market is a seller's market. Um, In effect, the insurance companies being the guys that actually sell insurance policies are able to increase their prices and frankly, get away with it. Whereas in a buyer's market, the buyers have the whip hand and the buyers can drive premiums down much more effectively. So in this period, it's that period where it's actually good news for underwriters in that they're able to increase rates, increase their premiums and potentially reduce their exposures. But obviously, it's equally pretty difficult news for customers who are facing premium increases and for some customers it's the first big premium increases that they've faced for many many a year
0: and kevin the society of insurance broking has done a lot of work recently on the importance of the broker community in that sort of chain of navigating the hard market can you elaborate a bit on the role of the broker
2: and i think probably the the thing that's important for brokers to do is be able to explain to those clients that dynamic of the, you know, what the marketplace looks like, and so manage the expectations of their clients, so they know exactly what might be happening when their policies become due for renewal, or there's something else that they're trying to uh, achieve. So, I think brokers owe it to themselves and to their clients to really understand what's going on and be able to explain that outwards, because the impact is different for different clients, Um, is it not, Peter? Different
1: sectors are currently experiencing kind of different parts of the market cycle. Absolutely. We've got haulage contractors who are actually at the moment enjoying a pretty benign period. They've had a year because of COVID where actually motor claims are down, the motor underwriters are making money, and actually we're seeing premium reductions across the place in the commercial vehicle sector. But conversely, the professional indemnity insurance arena has gone absolutely crazy. And surveyors, architects, IFAs, insurance brokers are all seeing really dramatic increases in premiums. And Almost, but well, probably more importantly, it's not just dramatic increases in premiums, it's actually a real reduction in availability of cover. And for some contractors and for some design and construct contractors, that's proving to be really problematic as they're not able to provide, to actually buy the cover that they've already committed to providing. Yeah, I, I concur with that. And I've, I've seen quite a few risks and indeed saw one only this
2: morning where it was a, a business where they were importing. Electric scooters and quad bikes and things like that from China, you know, need liability cover to be able to sell their goods, and you know it's virtually impossible to get cover, and certainly impossible to get it at, at an economic rate. So yeah, there are some businesses out there are really disadvantaged right now, and and I think if if a client is kind of just blindly thinking that they can they can go out and buy insurance, you know, I think again the brokers have to have their part to play in making sure that the the client understands the particular dynamics of the market today, and also that that might change in the future. It doesn't stay like that forever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Peter, Kevin touched a bit there on the role that brokers can play in navigating the hard market. How would you say this aligns with the role of underwriters?
1: I mean, the two roles are are very, very different. I mean, an underwriter's role fundamentally is to make profit for his or her insurance company. Yeah, Their job is to write risks that they believe they can actually write profitably. So they are under very, very strict mandates. And often we're talking about global organisations here. The underwriters that we deal with day to day are under a pretty strict mandate that they, at this moment in the cycle, they're instructed to write for profit. So, that means rejecting risks that they think won't make a profit. It means being very cautious about risks where they're unsure. And it means only really competing for risks where they're really, really confident that the rate and terms are going to result in an underwriting profit. So, they've got very, very clear drivers. As brokers, of course, we have to work on the other side of the fence where we're trying to secure cover at prices and terms that are acceptable to all clients, whether they're good risks or bad risks, and and our job is to advise those clients on what can make their risk better, how they can improve their risk, how we can better present their risk, how can we actually introduce them to the underwriters and, and involve them in the process to actually convince the underwriters that their risk is the one that's actually worth competing for and not just on the pile with all the risks that the underwriters frankly don't want to compete for. I think what we often see is clients that say, "Look, nothing's changed in my business. How
2: come I was acceptable last year to an underwriter, and now I'm not this year?" And as a broker, I think it's also it's then you know our job to try and remind the client of how this market works in a softer market environment. Underwriters probably chase premium a bit more they chase market share a bit more they blur the edges of acceptability and they will write risks that that perhaps aren't in their core And at the moment, they're going through and kind of trying to, in inverted commas, cleanse their book of those non-core risks and and achieving the pricing that they think the risk is worth on a technical basis. So, you know, again, it's, it's that market dynamic. It's sometimes very difficult from the outside looking in to really see what's going on. And that's the job that I think the broker can do.
0: Thanks, Kevin. And events in the past year, such as the Financial Conduct Authority's recent business interruption case, have highlighted the need for greater clarity on things such as policy wordings and also a need for underwriting and claims departments to continue to work closely together on the interpretation of these wordings. What can be done to improve collaboration between brokers and underwriters in order to better support clients?
2: I think this is one of those questions that you could probably talk for an hour on anyway. And and so I, I, I would tend to kind of break this down into into sort of two bits. One is what can brokers do to help underwriters understand the risks and therefore help the clients to get a better result? And then I think you've got the, the test case, and, and we, I'll come back to that. So, yeah, so my view is at the moment, you know, a good risk will always be a good risk, and you've just got to point out – To an underwriter, what those features are. And I think sometimes there's nothing better than getting the underwriter and the client in a conversation together in a true collaborative tripartite relationship so that they can each see what the other is trying to achieve and how best to um, to achieve that is by getting getting the folks around the table and and talking through each other's businesses the test case i think is it strangely enough i think there's a perverse amount of good that's come out of it in as much as clients are now spending the attention and the time on their insurance programs to understand what they've got and more importantly, what they haven't got like never before. And so actually it makes the the broker's job ever more valuable in terms of being able to talk about value and being able to talk about breadth of cover, talking about what the the key parts to a client's insurance program are, rather than just being asked to kind of you know, go and get a price for some insurance. And I think it, it's probably going to have the long term benefit of upskilling you know, more people in the broken profession who have got to, frankly, work harder and be smarter at what
1: they do absolutely and and look kevin one of the challenges i think is actually at the big corporate end of the market. I think those discussions do happen and I think brokers are engaged with clients at the large corporate end. I think the more challenging aspect is actually in the SME arena where sometimes if the premium paid by a client is not very high and a broker is tempted to actually deal with that client, frankly, by telephone or email, there's a big danger that communication just is not effective because we all know if we send an email to a client with a PDF, with a wording attached the chances of that pdf being read from start to finish are somewhere between slim and zero yeah you know, that that's the reality of it and and i think as brokers it's our job to work out how to communicate those terms, how to communicate the difficult things to clients, and make sure that that communication is effective. Whether that's insisting on, you know, a video call with a client so you can actually look the client in the eye and say, "Don't forget, Kevin, you have to make sure that that unoccupied unit is inspected every 14 days." You know, is that definitely happening, Kevin? You know, you can actually have those conversations. That's where I think the big gaps are. Is actually at the the smaller the SME end of the market. And increasingly, of course, as we go forward, there's a big risk that that communication gap will get bigger and bigger if clients start to try and buy insurance themselves online unadvised, which I think would be a disaster. 100% agree with you on that. I I think the kind of the
2: so-called non-advice Self-service method of buying insurance, I, I think it, I can't help but think that's going to lead to a, you know a disservice to the ultimate buyer of of the cover, and that's where brokers. You know, we, we've absolutely got the place in the market where it's so much more about price. It's got to. We've got to bring the conversation around to value. We've got to be reminding all of our clients, what it is that they've got, and I'm repeating myself, I know, but also what they haven't got. So many clients don't understand what's available. And actually, the risk transfer mechanism of, of passing risk from their own business to an insurer can actually be relatively inexpensive to achieve You know, a, a really strong level of risk transfer
1: so that they can get on and do what they're good at One of the best analogies I've actually used over the years, and I still use it in lots of client meetings where you have that price value conversation, is you're normally in those meetings, you're sitting at a table and on the table there's normally a coaster. And then you say, isn't it weird that the risks you're facing as a business can be summarized as being the table? The premium that you pay is the coaster. Why is it we spend all our time talking about the coaster and not the table? It's a good analogy, a good way to actually bring it into perspective to say that actually when something goes wrong, all of a sudden the relative size of that coaster is completely immaterial. What's important is whether the table is going to be replaced. I like that. I might use that one.
0: (laughs) Me too. That's a great analogy for our listeners to consider. As you both rightly just mentioned, in amongst the challenges, there is a certain level of opportunity for both brokers and underwriters with the increased demand for trusted advice. What would you say the key lessons are that we can take away from the past year in order to improve transparency and communication with clients aside from that vital face-to-face communication?
1: It's basically just improving the actual the nature of communication. Full stop. I mean, we again, I use a very very simple term that I talk about a lot internally in our company is make sure that whatever you send out can be understood by your mother. Frankly, if you're sending out documentation to clients, and you know, if you in the cold light of day read those documents and think, actually, is the client really going to actually understand this? Then you need to think twice and actually you need to revise what you're sending out. It is no good just to send out a generic insurance wordy legalese document that actually you know is not going to be read and you know has got hidden pitfalls in there which the client will probably not read that's not doing your job properly so we need to completely rethink the way that we communicate and whether it's face-to-face or whether it's just much much better written communication much clearer simpler written communication in, in truth i think it's probably a combination of both again i I strongly and violently agree with that. And what I see are these, these huge paragraphs
2: written in letters or emails. And just my one tip to anybody listening to this is just break your sentences down into a few words. Just make all of your sentences no more than 10 words long you will find it will make everything that you write so much easier to understand. And yes, that's, that's today's top tip alongside the coaster in the table.
1: <laughs> That's
0: great. And Peter, what top tips do you have for younger insurance brokers on navigating the climate of this current hard market?
1: Probably the most important thing is to make sure that we have to keep clients at the front of our minds all the time. And one of the worst things that you can ever do for a client is to wait until the 11th hour, day before renewal, and then hit them with a big increase. You, know, you may well get away with it. They may well be forced to renew with you. But boy, oh boy, you will live to regret it because they will bite back the next year or the year after. It is a guaranteed way to destroy trust between a broker and a client is to turn up at the 11th hour with an unexpected and unwelcome increase. So my top tip is to engage early, engage honestly. And and in, in some cases, we're engaging six months before renewal to say we are very concerned about your renewal. You're in a particularly difficult sector. Chances are underwriters are going to be restricting cover and reducing premiums. So let's start talking now about how we go about this you know what's the, what are the best ways of us mitigating the hard market for you so engage early and engage honestly and it's back to that issue of managing the
2: client's expectations tell them why you want to engage so early tell them why it's important that you get the information to underwriters that, that we think will present their business in the best possible light. Even if they think it is too early, it really never is in the type of market that we're in right now.
0: So, Peter, you recently chaired a session at BBA in 2021 on professional indemnity insurance in a hard market. Can you tell our listeners about some of the key takeaways from that session?
1: Yeah, it was, it was a fascinating session because, of course, professional indemnity insurance is something that is very, very pertinent at the moment, and particularly so for lots of insurance brokers who themselves have probably been on the receiving end of some of the, you know, the biggest increases of any sector in the market. I know of several insurance brokers whose professional indemnity premiums have rocketed by several hundred percent over the last year. So, it, it was a particularly hot topic. We had a really good session discussing all sorts of aspects. One of the key takeaways was that a broker's presentation around professional indemnity insurance, much as Kevin said a few moments ago, has now become much more important. The quality of the presentation sets a good risk apart from a bad risk. There was discussion about whether as a market we should move towards professional indemnity policies being written on a claims occurring basis rather than a claims made basis. Because at the moment, the claims made basis means that underwriters can come into the market, write the business for a couple of years, and then if they see fit, they can actually exit the market. And that's led to some real volatility in prices, which is is not helpful for the sector. So, there's discussion about whether we should actually look at moving to a claims occurring model. There was also lots of discussion around the actual claims process and the fact that claims in professional indemnity insurance should be a three-way Period of communication between the broker, the client, and the insurance company, all aiming to achieve the same goal, i.e., minimising the potential loss for the um, for the client, whereas. All too often when professional indemnity claims are submitted because of the problems with placement and because of the nature of the market, underwriters reserve their rights and you end up with a a fractious relationship between client and insurer rather than what actually should be a mutually beneficial relationship trying to fend off unwarranted claims against the professional in question. So we didn't actually come up with that many solutions because, of course, a lot of these are fundamental market challenges, but we had a really good discussion about it and the overriding takeaway was that as a market we need to work together underwriters and brokers to come up with long-term sustainable solutions and also to make sure that brokers are not tempted to use unrated capacity which has been another factor in the professional indemnity market driving down premiums at the expense of the of the longer term secure rated markets.
0: Absolutely. And, 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 you know, the emphasis on that tripartite relationship between broker, underwriter and client is hugely important in terms of increasing transparency and communication with the client in the long run. Peter, how are the CII supporting members at this time?
1: The CII, well, I think part of what's come out of the last year's events is the importance of advice and the importance of professionalism and doing the right thing. And for me, that's the whole essence of being a chartered broker. Being a chartered broker means that you're training your workforce, your workforce understand the subject matter, they understand what they're talking about with their customers, and they're trained properly to do the right thing for customers. So, I think that in a nutshell is where chartered firms will win out in this market over non chartered firms.
0: That's great. And, and Kevin, with the um, Society of Insurance Broking, I know the Society has been doing a lot of work to assist members in, in navigating the hard market. Can you tell our listeners a bit about this work and perhaps where they can go for more information on it?
2: Yeah, sure. So, we have a program and we've had this for, for a long time now of producing good practice guides. So, the Society of Insurance Broking has a Board that looks at subject matter that we think would be useful for the profession, and work with people within the CII then to produce. They are technical articles, but I'd like to think they're written from a practical standpoint. So we're producing good practice guides virtually every week on one subject or another. And we've certainly focused quite a lot on on the hard market and what members might do to help themselves to help their clients. So I would look out for the good practice guides, which you can get either on the Society of Insurance Brokings website, which is sib.org.uk, or follow the Twitter account and also, we have um, monthly and, and quarterly uh, newsletters as well. So, so there's lots of places where you can where you can find them. But first of all, if you're a member of the CII and you're an insurance broker, do make sure that you're signed up to be a member of the Society of Insurance Broking, because then you will get all of that content delivered to you.
0: Thank you, Peter and Kevin, for speaking with us today about this hugely topical subject and for sharing a wealth of information with our listeners on how the profession can respond to both the challenges and opportunities presented by the hard market.
2: Pleasure. Thanks. Thank you.
0: And thank you for listening to this episode of CII Radio. To find out more, visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcast or follow us on Twitter at CII Group and at Broking Society. Until next time, stay safe and thank you for listening to CII Radio.